CNN dropping you. Is that... Now, that's, now, CNN dropping me, I'll talk about all day long. They ought to change the name to the Cut and Run Network. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've been texted by all of their anchors who are as outraged as I am that after 20 years, um, a press conference is enough to have them uh, immediately want to disassociate themselves. And God forbid that I start telling some of the stories about how I've covered for that lame organization. Actually, you said lame butt, and we had to take out the real word for butt. (laughs) Uh, Mark Aragos, that's him. They fired him at CNN because uh, apparently he is involved with uh, the creepy porn lawyer and some crap, so... Oh, well, I thought he, did he think CNN was going to stand up for him? I somehow don't, uh, don't think that was a possibility. Anyway, it is Thursday, so I can't even say my new line, which is on Wednesdays from now on, I'm going to say it's Trump Day. Trump Day? Nah, never mind. I guess, uh, I guess you had to be there for it to be funny to you or something. But... Uh, a lot going on. I'll tell you, I can't. I'm going to watch that uh, Michigan rally tonight because we have now, as I predicted, ha- we now have an unleashed President Donald Trump who's about to start his campaign in seriousness. And he's about to, um, you know, make some wrongs right. That's what's the best part about this. Why is it so dark in here? Could you explain that to me? Excuse me while yeah. I uh, try to pull the blinds up. The sun up. rises in the east, so they put those sun things down so it's not in their face all the time. Well, I don't like uh, working in the dark. So now i got to come in here, load all your stuff, and then put and up the blinds? put up the blinds. Oh, Thank my you. God. No, you don't have to do it, but I'm going to do it because it's impossible for me <laughs> to feel alive in the dark. You know, this is not an overnight show where I uh, get to snooze and, you know, Make some, uh, some, play some smooth jazz or something. You know, this is supposed to be high energy. Supposed to be the morning. Ask me how much I like working at 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Go ahead, ask me. Never mind. Um, So, I, I can't wait till tonight. I just know my president. And I know that he is, uh, taken off the gloves. He started already this morning. Went after, uh. Chicago, the whole city of Chicago, basically, went after the decision made by Kim Fox and the state attorney's office to give Jussie Smollett a total pass on his six times two, make it uh, eight times two. See, I would have given him six charges. I thought there were six legitimate charges. But he ended up with eight because he told the same lies over and over again. But two of the lies weren't really, like, substantial or significant to me. But anyway, um, Jesse got to walk because Jesse's Jesse. Not any other reason. And the people who made it possible for him are not just Kim Fox in the uh, state attorney's office. There's way more, way more um, higher-ups in this story. It's not just Tina Tichen, the former First Lady Michelle Obama's uh, aide, or actually I think she was her chief of staff temporarily. No, no, no. This goes all the way to the top. 
And as usual, we're not going to see any coverage of this story on the major networks because, God forbid, they were to say anything negative about the previous administration, they would fall apart. They're not going to do it. What they are going to do is, uh, you know, try to make these harumphs about the Smollett case. That's what I've decided. It's like uh, Rahm Emanuel, harumph, harumph, harumph. You know, the uh, police superintendent, harumph, harumph, harumph. But nobody seems to be willing to make a move, ah, until the president. He has uh, told his chief of staff, Mr. Mulvaney, you make sure the FBI gets involved now in this case. I want to know what happened. I want to know if this is SOP, Standard Operating Procedure, as they keep saying it is, while they're busy dancing around in the state attorney's office looking for other examples of when this was done. And I love the way they say, well, you know, when we have a person who's not committed a crime before and uh, is willing to do community service. Now I've heard three different stories today, right? First, I heard that uh, he did this community service without being asked to, and he offered to forfeit the bond without being asked to. And today I heard uh, from the state attorney's office that, no, in fact, he was asked to do these things. So which is it? Everybody's lying in this story. And you know why they're lying? Because what they've done is not just uh, technically inappropriate, it is probably legally inappropriate, and we're going to get to the bottom of it, which is just great, because the president has taken on a new attitude. (laughs) And I couldn't be happier. Now, if only he would do that when it comes to... uh, the border wall, because we have numbers coming across that border right now that are absolutely insane. And we cannot sustain this level of illegal immigration much longer. And that's the that's the bottom line. You know, you can you can uh, slice and dice it any way you want to. But you're going to have to face the fact that a million people coming into this country who we don't know who they are, where they came from, what they are bring to the table is not a good idea. I'm also just loving the way people are weighing in on all of the news, whether it's the Mueller report or whether it's Betsy DeVos, who, by the way, I said yesterday, I do not agree with this decision. I don't agree with it. I understand why it was made, and I understand how they can rationalize it. Because I agree that there are some things that the American public um, shouldn't have to pay for when philanthropy is the way to go. I don't think we should have to pay for national public radio. We don't get any funding from the government in uh, traditional and private radio. So why should there be a national public radio? Compete, um, do your fundraisers or whatever they do. What do they call those um, marathons when they get on the air and everybody's got a... uh, telethons, you know, raise your money however you have to do it, but don't charge the American people for what I would consider a grotesque network, NPR. But that's, you know, just my opinion because I'm, of course, a competitor and we have to work three times as hard and we have to make money. They don't have to do much except uh, bloviate and they don't make any money. Not only do they not make money, they charge you to listen to them. Then they put you through the telethons and they're taking money from the government on top of it. So I don't agree. But when it comes to the Special Olympics, while I wouldn't use the same words that the uh, Kennedy family is using today, cruel, 
I don't know that it's cruel. I just think it's not decent. And we were talking about decency yesterday. And I'm, I'm all for uh, America behaving decently. And I think that we like very much to take care of the least among us, whether that's uh, seniors and poor people or children or the disabled. And while, no, they don't need a Special Olympics, this is a program that has done amazing good work. Um, Young people of all ages, not just little kids, but, you know, young adults get to participate in an arena where they really have not been allowed to participate in you know, decades gone by. Special Olympics has a special place for me in my heart. Um, I have seen some of the most uh, heartwarming, inspirational things happen at Special Olympics time and time again. And I think that this was a dumb place to withhold money from. Uh, There's so many places I could, you know, offer as suggestions. For instance, I'm an educator. So for me... Uh, the subject of when do children begin to put together uh, practical skills, uh, when should kids enter school? I would have to, I believe that all of this VPK, PPP, VVVK, I mean, we got so many Ks before K that I think it's obscene. I don't believe that two-year-olds need to be in a classroom setting. That doesn't mean I don't understand that some two-year-olds are in daycare settings where, uh, you know, a good daycare center or even a good preschool will have some organized activities for them. But primarily when you're two years old, you should play. You should play. You should play. I mean, I don't get it. Why do we want to drill our little kids with alphabets and, and numbers and all these things? And I see it with my own kids. You know, I didn't do that, and they turned out pretty well. I'm watching one set of parents. Um, I'm not going to say which is which, but one set of parents of my own children that are drilling their little kids like, you know, a drill sergeant. And, yes, the kid is very impressive. And the other pair that say, go ahead and play. You know, this will all come in time. Don't rush them. You know, my daughter made what I think is a brilliant decision. My grandson's one of those cusp kids. He's an October 19th baby. So he he was definitely smart enough to be pushed ahead. And she said, no, let him be at the top instead of struggling to be in the middle or the bottom. Let him just be the top kid in his class because he's the oldest kid in his class. And I totally agree. If you look at my, uh, um, the eldest boy from my my daughter he's such a good kid such a well-adjusted kid such a confident kid such a skilled gifted kid um but he's not being pushed it's just intuitive with him i don't know what's gonna happen with that little one coming up behind him he's a terror (laughs) he's a cute cute he's so cute his cuteness keeps him from you know the fate that he might very well suffer otherwise but boy i'll tell you You know, watching people rush kids. You want to know where to cut funding? How about cutting funding from insisting that every parent put their kid in a VPK program? Maybe it's okay for some kids, but I don't believe it's okay for all kids. How about that? Maybe some parents uh, really ought to consider staying home with little kids or having someone come in who can care for your little kids or worst case scenario, putting them in a daycare setting, which is kind of uh, small and loving, you know, where they can play. Two-year-olds should play. Three-year-olds should play. There's so much time for, uh, you know, the R's, 
well, they don't do reading, writing, and arithmetic anymore anyway, but there's so much time for that formal learning. Let them play. Let them be, uh, let them learn how to socialize. Let them learn how to, how to, you know, bark like a dog instead of spell bark. Anyway, let me take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, you know, I was disappointed that uh, that we would get this basic uh, memo to characterize the work of Bob Mueller rather than just making the report public. Uh, he had promised to be as transparent as possible, giving us four pages of what may be a voluminous report and not even from the report. There were very little quotations from the actual Mueller work product. Uh, and I also think, uh, but we'll have to wait to see whether this is the case with the report, that Mueller wanted to leave this to Congress, not have someone airdropped in to decide in two days that which he could not decide in two years, uh, and to color the public and the Congress's view of the work product he'd been uh, producing. Boy, I can tell you, this guy, Schiff, never gives up. It's amazing how, I guess, when you think about it, what are CNN and MSLSD supposed to do, right? What, what can they possibly do? They have hitched their star or their wagon to this Russian collusion nonsense. And the, what direction could they possibly go in at this point? It, it, it doesn't even make sense to try and shift gears right now. So he's just going to continue uh, saying the same things over and over and over again. That, you know, we couldn't, uh, we can't possibly believe for a minute that this is the whole report. We need to see the whole report. After all, uh, if it took Mueller all these years, certainly Bill Barr could not, William Barr could not have written a summary in a couple of hours or a couple of days. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, it's pathetic. And as... Uh, Everybody is saying in Washington right now. I don't see how you can continue serving on a committee about intelligence when you've shown such lack of intelligence over the last two years. Using your position and your access to classified information and supposedly misleading people into something that we all know not to be true. Whether, you know, whether the voters in his district will hold him accountable is one thing, but, but his fellow members should say that they've, they, he's embarrassed the United States Congress, he's embarrassed that committee, and the two years of lies to the American people must be held to account and he's embarrassed his mama that's all i can say um roger stone will be coming on in just a couple of moments he's scheduled to call in why are you looking at me funny Ten thirty. i thought it was a different time sorry that's no. why i look at you yeah no don't look at me funny i'm looking directly at the uh email and uh it is ten thirty this morning and of course he cannot answer any questions related to his case um, but I am sure he has a lot to share about the Mueller report and about uh, some of these congressional committees that, uh, pr well, listen, if he can't answer a question, he can't answer a question. I'm still going to ask it. That's kind of my job. That's what I do. I will understand if he declines to answer. But, you know, anybody's ever interviewed Roger Stone, as I have many times, I really think it's a dangerous thing for him to do to go on any show because he loves to tell his stories, you know. So to get him to refrain from talking about it should be interesting. By the way, 
Every day I grow to love Charles Barkley more. First, you have made some waves for weighing in on the Jesse Smollett controversy. Yeah. You, you had some advice. Oh, when you commit a crime, don't write a check. <laughs> uh, do not write a check. That's sound. That's sound. No, that's sound, sound advice. Sound wisdom. Now, what do you make of the charges being dropped? I think that we all lose. I think my black friends, my gay black friends, I think they lose. Uh, because there's all re repercussions when you are uh, a minority. There's always a double standard. You have to understand that and accept that. For every black gay person out there, we lost. And uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, I don't know that kid. I wish him nothing but the best. But you have to understand, you have to always look at the big picture. Like, you know, there's a lot of gay kids out there who are struggling. They were, they're getting beat up, they're getting bullied and things like that. And that's not good. And then you see, you know, there's this tenuous relationship between the black community and the cops. And we made the cops look really bad in this scenario. And there's probably going to be some resentment. So I, I, the bottom line is everybody lost in this scenario. Yeah. Mm. One thing about yeah. Charles Barkley is, no. is he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't hold back. I love the guy. He, uh, you know, I remember the best thing he ever said was about 15 years ago when somebody said, well, what kind of role model are you being? And he said, I'm not a role model. Let Go home and role model for your own kids. I just put a ball through a hoop. Well, there are few, very few men, or women, I guess for that matter, who have been as personally affected by the nonsense, this Russian collusion nonsense, as my next guest. Uh, he is currently involved in his own legal wranglings, and, uh, and therefore some of the questions that we would normally want to ask, Roger Stone, we're not going to ask. So, Roger, I promise I'll be on my best behavior, but, oh, hell, I want to hear everything you could talk about. Well, Joyce, first of all, thank you very much for having me. This is, uh, as you point out, a very difficult time for me and my family. Mm. Uh, despite the uh, special counsel's report, uh, uh, finding, as we've known all along, no evidence of Russian collusion. Uh, I uh, had two years of the fake news media predicting that I would be indicted for treason or conspiracy or Russian collusion. Of course, that has not happened. I do stand charged of seven nonviolent process crimes that the government alleges took part, place after the 2016 election. I have pled not guilty. I will go to trial November 5th in the District of Columbia. Uh, and um, it's destroyed us financially. Uh, I have a gag order on me, as you point out, so I can't discuss the specific matters at hand. But um, I am out raising money for a legal defense fund because I won't bear false witness against the president. I will tell the truth. I will plead not guilty, as I have, uh, and I will be vindicated. I agree. I think you will. I, hey, listen, I want to offer you, I will do a live broadcast with you at Aaron's table, Aaron being a, an old chef from Mar-a-Lago of, of President Trump's, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll bring people out and raise some money anytime you want. That, that, that's very kind. Um, some of my friends uh, are having a fundraiser this Saturday, the 30th, uh, at the American Legion Hall in Oakland Park, which is at 
to be specific. Um, Prospect Road. It's right next to my church. It's uh, Prospect Road, right? 4250, 1st mm-hmm. East 5th Avenue, uh, at 6 o'clock in the evening. You can get tickets at uh, FloridaFL.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, pardon me, that's incorrect. FactFL.com. FactFL.com. Uh, the money goes to benefit the uh, Stone Legal Defense Fund. Uh, I'm going to be signing some books. I'm going to be uh, signing some T-shirts, giving out some T-shirts. I'm going to be posing for pictures. I am going to be speaking to the extent that there are things I can say. And there's a lot of things I can say about the 2020 race and the incredible job that Donald Trump is doing. So mm-hmm. uh, folks want to come out this Saturday, 6 o'clock, at the, uh, at the uh, American Legion Hall. You can get all the details at factsfl.com. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up there because uh, I wanna I wanna brainstorm with you about other ways that we can uh, get get more fundraisers up and running uh, because I, I got to tell you Roger you know over the years um, you and I have talked about everything and everybody but watching what you and Mike Caputo and uh, you know uh, George Papadopoulos and of course uh, the the Carter Page have been put through makes me fearful of my own government. And that's a terrible place. When I saw the amount of, uh, you know, assault weapons that went to your home that day, I, I'm just, I'm outraged. What, why not? It could be me next. Well, 29 heavily armed FBI agents showed up at our home at six o'clock in the morning. Um, I don't own a passport, a valid passport. I don't own a firearm. Uh, I have a very recognizable mug, mm-hmm. so the idea that I was a flight risk, I think, is unlikely. Um, it was really quite a show of force. But, Joyce, I've got to tell you, over 38,000 Americans have contributed at StoneDefenseFund.com. Mm. It, it's really been gratifying. Even in the Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale area, the shift in public attitude when I just go down the street is really palpable. Mm-hmm. People do realize that if this happens to me, yes, it, it could happen to you. And literally in the blink of an eye, we've lost our home. We've lost our insurance. We've lost our savings. Uh, we've lost my ability to make a living because I make a living by writing and speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It, it, it literally is a nightmare. And still, I will not fold. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reach a plea bargain. I intend to go to trial, and that trial will be in the District of Columbia, November fifth. Yeah, you know, it was fascinating last night. I was watching, and I was actually listening in the car to the Tucker Carlson interview with uh, Michael Caputo, and he said that he thinks the president should pardon General Flynn, George Papadopoulos, and you. Right off the top, he said, "This this has to happen." Well, Tucker's a very good friend. Watching the efforts to try to knock him off the air are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how you know that the left has really lost. They can't win a, a merit-based argument on ideas. They can't win an honest debate based on facts. So their attitude now is if they don't like what you're saying, whether you're Tucker Carlson or whether you're Sean Hannity or whether you're Joyce Kaufman, they just want you censored. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God that you're still going strong. Uh, and I know this, you'll never be silenced. No, I, um, I'm much like you. But I also understand 
that what this does to a family, what this does to an individual is catastrophic. You know, people are watching all of this and they think, well, you know, he'll be okay. He was a famous guy. He'll get it back. Um, this is ruinous. People's lives, are, it's very hard to resurrect your life after something like this. Just the, the, the assault against you um, day in and day out on most of those networks, is, is, it's got to be wearing. Well, I, I only have to count on the prayers uh, and the contributions of thousands of Americans who are as outraged as you are. Uh, and again, I'll say it this Saturday, uh, 6 to 7 and 7 to 10, uh, sponsored uh, by the uh, Florida Atlantic Conservative team uh, to benefit the uh, stonedefensefund.com. You can go there right now and make a contribution if you like. Uh, and uh, tickets for that event this Saturday are available at factfl.com. All right. Well, we're going to try and get people more involved in that. And as I said to you before, I'll do a fundraiser with you right here in Palm Beach. And uh, and just let everybody know, first of all, you know, I, I think the president um, must be very well aware of your loyalty to him. And there are a lot of people who have not been loyal to him. Pretty amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah. Joyce, many thanks, and I appreciate you that. I'm going to take you up on your offer, and uh, hopefully I'll see you Saturday. All right. Take care, Roger. Always a pleasure. All right. Go to that website, y'all, and uh, contribute some money if you can. And we're gonna, let's get him over to Aaron's table. Wouldn't that be a great event? Well, Roger's signing books and smiling and carrying on. I like it. You don't like it? Well, you already know how I feel about him. I think he's brilliant, so I'd go there. Yeah. All right, good. So that's uh, we we'll get, we'll get that on the calendar. Let's see if I can uh, make that happen. Well, I, I won't be able to make it happen, but Paul and Julie can make it happen. So uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, the, this censorship that goes on in the marketplace of ideas is really starting to, you know, bother me. It always bothered me, but it's really starting to bother me more now because it has begun to affect people that I am pretty close to. You know, Robert Spencer is someone I've known for, oh gosh, what is it, 2019? I've known Robert for 18 years. Um, Robert Spencer has written some of the best writings on the Koran and on radical Islam of anyone. Um, Robert, along with Pam Geller, have stood up to uh, enormous pressures you know they were abandoning Great Britain. Uh, uh, they, they they attempted to to assassinate Pam Geller, and she and Ro- Robert have been on the front lines of this battle for a very long time. And Robert has now been stripped of his ability, much like my friend Laura Loomer, to raise any money with through PayPal. Uh, Mastercard has shut down uh, Robert Spencer. These are things that could have never taken place during, um, against a liberal, let's put it that way, during the last administration. Can you imagine if somebody had tried to silence uh, Carl Bernstein or Bob Woodward, uh, you know, during Watergate? This, the idea that we now have these tech giants and these publications and these media outlets, media monsters, when you think about it, I mean, uh, Jeff Bezos has not just his incredibly successful Amazon business, but he controls a ton of media, particularly with the Washington Post. You've got 
uh, mega companies that own multiple television stations, multiple radio stations, uh, multiple print outlets, and now you have these Facebook decisions that I think are really scary. Facebook has banned white nationalism. What does that even mean? You know, people that call me a white nationalist. Am I going to get banned by Facebook because somebody says I'm something I'm not? You know, they, they, they're banning white separatist posts. Are they going to ban black separatist posts? I'm just curious. I mean, what, what's fair is fair. If somebody gets on and says they only want to participate, I, I, there was some famous director. Who's the guy who made uh, Get Out? And Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, all right? Yesterday said he will not cast a white person in the lead in his movie. Okay. I would say that's, uh, that's his prerogative. No question about it. He can say that. Uh, some people will be offended by it. I'm offended by it. But I'm not going to... Uh, you know, shut him down or attempt to silence him or say, don't go see his movies. I mean, this idea that Facebook is now going to decide what's hate and what's not hate. Give me a break. It's just, it's scary. I'm I'm scared. You should be scared. Uh, Twitter is going to be labeling tweets that violate their rules. What does that even mean? Nobody knows what their rules are until you break them. I, I've looked at my Twitter account, uh, and I can't even find the rules. You can't get anyone to talk to you when you call Twitter headquarters. You get all kinds of prompts and go to the website and do this and do that. So, you know, I, I'd like to know what the rules are before you accuse me of breaking them. And if saying that, you know, white people are smarter or anything like that is now hate then you're going to have to say that when people talk about black people that way or about the Muslim faith that way or about the Christian faith that way, that that's all hate speech. How about it's just the uh, the dialogue that 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 people engage in when they have different ideas? I, I'm, I'm getting really scared. I told you before, if somebody doesn't come up with an alternative platform that really works and please, you keep you all keep sending me these, you know, these uh, sort of flaky uh, social media platforms that uh, I'm just not satisfied with because there's nothing but crazies on there. Absolute nut- nuttiness. And I just don't have the time to wade through it. But there ought to be a legitimate conservative platform that is uh, countering the amount of traffic that's on these leftist platforms. And that's what they are. You know? Anyway, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Is there one candidate on the Democratic side uh, announced or expected to announce who you think would provide a, a real challenge to President Trump? I don't really see a real challenge right now. And quite frankly, I'm a little surprised. I thought there might be some real challenges. I think that I think this, the launches of these things have been particularly kind of weak. Yeah, very weak. And then you listened. Hopefully some of you listened to Cory Booker last night. <laughs> Uh, there were so many sound bites that I wanted to use, but this one stands out. Would you be in favor for, of direct monetary payments to black Americans who are descendants of slaves? Can, can I tell you why I'm frustrated uh, and disappointed by this reparation conversation? It's because it's being reduced to just a, a box to check mm-hmm. on a presidential list. When this is so much more of a serious conversation. So do I, do I, do I support 
uh, legislation that is race conscious about balancing the economic scales, not only do I support it, but I, I have legislation that actually does it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've got the only legislation I think in the entire Congress that Columbia University says would virtually eliminate the racial wealth gap in our country. It's something called baby bonds, which means that every child born in America would get a bond when they're birth, $2,000 placed in it, and during the time every year of their life, depending on their family's income, they would have more money placed in it. The lowest income Americans, by the time they reach 18 years old, would have upwards of $50,000 real wealth, a stake in our economy, to invest in going to school or education, starting a business, buying a home. Yeah. Well, listen, let let me just say this about uh, Cory Booker and his baby bonds. I'm sorry. Uh, The best lines last night really all had to do with Rosario Dawson, who he's dating now. But I don't want to just waste your time with that. Let me tell you the problem with baby bonds. And, And for me, it is a problem. Families have a responsibility when they bring children into this world. Now, for some families, it's a lot harder to meet that responsibility. And they will require some kinds of assistance throughout um, that child's growing up years. I totally understand that. And I want to be the kind of society that's decent. I want to make sure that we provide that safety net for people who need it. On the other hand, I don't believe for a second that by virtue of your taking your first breath, you are somehow entitled to a taxpayer bond. And when we do these things, what we, what we fail to understand is the long-term effect that it has. I'm a responsible parent. I had Florida prepaid programs for both of my children so that in the event that I did not have the, the wherewithal to pay for their college educations, they had money put set aside through this Florida prepaid tuition program where each one of them had a guaranteed four-year college education at any university in the state of Florida that was part of this program, which was just about everything except the private schools, right? That's what responsible parents do, and it was affordable. I don't want to hear from parents that nobody can handle that. You know, I have one for my grandson who lives here in Florida, a hundred bucks a month, and I started his late, and he'll have a college education. Stop with the baby bonds, Cory Booker. How about getting parents to step up to the responsibility of children and families in general to step up to their responsibilities? Stop crippling them. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. 